Hey everyone, welcome to Beyond the Dance Floor podcast, a place to learn more about what goes on beyond what you see on the dance floor. It's about mentality, history, and how the skills you learn in breaking or the arts in general can apply more broadly to the rest of your life. Today we talk with fellow Oro Collective member and all-around incredible dancer, Rina Pellerin. Rina was one of the first members of Oro in its early days and is still going strong to this day with the group. From whacking to hustle, she has an eclectic mix of dances in her background and that all comes together in Oro. We talk about her history, differences between whacking and voguing, the importance of learning the foundation and histories of the dance before you start mixing them, and more. Always a pleasure talking with my sister from another mister. Hope you all enjoy the talk. Peace. Okay, yo, we're here with my friend Rina Pellerin, aka. Do you even have like a dancer name? No, I couldn't find any good names and it's too late for that now. Rina, aka <laughs> Rina, aka my sister from another mister. Um, yeah, representing Konichiwak and Oro Collective. She's a fellow Oro. Or, I don't know if we have a nickname for people in the group. <laughs> Fellow member. <Really? laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for those who don't know who Rena is, she is one of one of the like prominent whackers in the Vancouver scene and maybe outside of that too. I don't know how popular you are. Maybe you're not popular at all. <laughs> I don't think so. Judging <laughs> by your follower account on Instagram, it's probably pretty, you're probably pretty popular. Anyway, like average. Average. Okay. <laughs> anyway, she's a, she's a good whacker. Um, that's all the intro you need. Cool. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. I've known her for a while and just wanted to get some, some other dance style, dance voices in here and, uh, you know, more female voices too. So that's why she's here. That's the only reason she's here. We just needed someone to fill in that female voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get started. Enough of this blabbing about nonsense. Um, you started as a ballerina, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I took rec classes. Um, but you weren't yeah, a real like, ballerina. <laughs> no, I wasn't like trying to be like a real ballerina. I just like, that was the only dance that I knew. Mm -hmm. um, so I like begged my mom to put me in it because like my best friend was in it too. And I was like, yeah, I want to do it too. And turns out like I'm not the best at that, but I had fun. <laughs> that was like your first experience with dance, right? Yeah, yeah. Like full on, like I had to go in and then she had to like, check out my like you know physique and like whatever and check my feet out and she's like great yeah you can start like next semester and I'm like okay and I had like no idea what to expect and I was like in tights and leotards and I was like oh that's uncomfortable <laughs> how old were you when, when that started um I think I was like seven yeah that's young yeah 
Yeah. Did you keep, I, did you do it like until you found another dance or? Yeah, I think I stopped when I was like 13. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, but it was like a very like on and off situation. Like sometimes I'd be like, no, I'm not feeling it. And then I'd like stop and then I'd go back because like I loved moving. But yeah, like 13. So I did like a tiny bit of like point shoes. And and then I just like wasn't feeling it anymore. (laughs) Then from there, what was the next thing? Like what, what, yeah. Oh, good Lord. I like want to erase this from like history. Um, I joined a dance team at my high school <laughs> in kids. Our high school. By the way, we went to the same yeah, high school. We did. There was a um, dance team? Not when you were there. I was like there when they had their first year and I wish that I wasn't. <laughs> like, it was so bad. I kid you not. Like You can find I don't... photos. Please send it to me so I can like edit it in oh I'll send you one like there's a really good one where I'm like in a wife beater and like black tights because that was our costume because we had no budget oh my gosh that sounds amazing yeah I'm pretty sure we got like a participation ribbon too from like a dance competition (laughs) (laughs) pretty good yeah all right so that was high school that was high school and and then I went to like. I want you to take people on this journey to becoming like world famous whacker extraordinary. <laughs> she's really Why do good. I have for, stories. For never seen her. She's really good. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, and then I joined a company called Soldiers Dance Company, um, like straight out of high school, um, because for some reason I decided to be a professional dancer with almost no dance training and that's just what I wanted to do after high school decision to do <laughs> we yeah, all made you, it. Tell, <laughs> you tell my Asian mom that and she'll agree with you <laughs> if my mom's watching she's like I understand her I know the feeling <laughs> I empathize with but sure enough, like, you know, he joined this company and then I just started taking like outside classes too. And then like learning the history of like different styles of dance. Um, and then I like gravitated towards whacking and then I did like pretty much nothing other than whacking after that. And then ballroom came after that and then just a whole bunch of other things. Oh yeah, that's right. You had yeah. A ballroom phase. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun too. It was good. Yeah, it was really good. You have a lot of like kind of varied experiences and it seems like you've taken a lot of, you've managed to take the good parts and and keep those and and have them like develop your dancing. Yeah, I think like they all kind of work together. Like every single dance style that I've tried, I'm like, oh, it's actually like all the same, just like different if mm. that makes sense. Yeah, they, they're yeah. related in some way. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, you brought up um, soldiers. I was kind of curious, like, <clears throat> um, just because like my experience with all the people from soldiers, not all of them, but a lot of them, like they, you guys learned a lot of different kind of like random style, not random, like just a lot of different styles of dance and you learned mm-hmm. a lot like 
basics to you learn foundation and you learned even before like you know popping foundation you learned how like kind of grooving and soulful dances and stuff like that too right mm-hmm. yeah yeah we learned like everything and like it was actually really um good structure of the company initially like um it was all about like foundation and whatnot for the first half and like you know building like a choreography show for the second half so i mean there was a little yeah. bit for everyone there like if you want to be a commercial dancer they'll kind of show you how to do that um but then for my side it was more like for street dance like i don't know if you guys know dean was my breaking teacher right i was (laughs) yeah she was the yeah i was what's the word like the class clown kind of person not class clown (laughs) not class clown that's the wrong word what is it like anyway i was trying you worked hard like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> not in a bad way. Yeah. Like no, that, I had a tough that person time. who was always like daydreaming on the side or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> and Clarence. And Clarence, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, um, Clarence. But yeah, like one thing that always struck me about soldiers back then, like the earlier days, early to mid days of soldiers years um was that like once for whatever reason like there was some point where the vancouver dance scene kind of like started to come together mm-hmm. and you see it a lot of different jams like not just ones that like um kim put on where like all the soldiers would come and support and they had mm-hmm. to so a lot of them were volunteers anyway <laughs> but like <laughs> other jams too and like and even at our our jam like floor horseman even though I think at that point soldiers didn't exist anymore, it was like really kind of like on the way out. Mm -hmm. I remember, especially at that first one, like just seeing, looking at everyone dancing and and having fun and like a big part of it was all the people that had been in that program and they were kind of like, in a way like the party starters or like Mm -hmm. they made people feel comfortable of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but like, hey, that looks easy enough. And people just kind of doing these simple grooves and simple, like simple dances, yeah. but like not like oh you can't do it, you suck. Yeah. No, you know, like it's a really welcoming atmosphere and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like the biggest thing was because like the students, like in soldiers, were really comfortable with the foundation and the history. Because mm-hmm. um, I think if we weren't, we'd be like oh like I saw this move on youtube back in the day you know like let me let me try to do this at this party and then it just gets like really awkward and you don't know what to do and like people don't know how to join in but like in soldiers we were like told that it was a party like yeah we're learning like structure stuff but initially this was all from parties and like liz vainson was i think the biggest influence for a lot of the dancers like she is like a historical person (laughs) like she has all the information and if she doesn't she will ask one of the ogs and they'll be like hey this is yeah she's gone and and learned from them right or they came to vancouver or whatever right yeah yeah so she like has that line of communication with them and then she kind of relates it to all of her students and like actually some of the like really good choreo students are her students from like Victoria. 
Right, that's right. Mm -hmm. Victoria has a really crazy history with dance in general. Yeah. Yeah, there's a yeah, lot there's... of people that have come out of there like, maybe now it's not so much breaking, but it might change. Like, isn't Tayo on the island now? Yeah, he's like... He's in the Naimo or something? living there, I think there's a house there or something. Yeah. But like, yeah. That, like our yeah. crew is from Victoria and like uh, hearing stories about like the early days of our crew or like even before it started, like just before they were like, there was a crew at every high school and at least one crew at every high school. And like, there were so many people doing it. It's crazy. Hmm. Anyway, I don't know what happened, but yeah. Well, I mean, there's still some really good ones and like yeah. the studios out there, um, like taking the initiative to bring out like foundational teachers and all that good stuff. So I think there's like a good um, community there. And then a lot of them do take the trip out to like come out to Vancouver events and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So you did soldiers and then you found whacking. Mm -hmm. hey, can you describe whacking in in one word, if you had one word, if you had to describe it in one word, how would you describe it? Freedom. Okay, how about two words? Noodly freedom. Noodly freedom. <laughs> Three words? Noodly fierce freedom. Perfect. <laughs> I understand it completely. So, okay, joking aside. Like, if you had to explain what whacking was to someone who didn't know what it was, how would you describe it? Um, well, it came from, like, the 70s era in L.A., and it came from um, the Black and, like, Latin community um, and their gay community. Um, so they would try to, like, imitate Hollywood starlets um, in, like, silent films and, like, old-time movies, and they would just, like, the take year? that to the club. Uh, 1970s. Ah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so they would just kind of like do their movements in the club and then somehow it got popularized on Soul Train. I think like Tyrone Proctor and like Shabadoo had like a big influence on like bringing it to the mainstream. Hmm. And then it kind of just like blew up from there. You saw it in like Breaking, not like, not like the scene, but like the movie. <laughs> Isn't it? Um, yeah, Anna Sanchez was in it. Is that right? In Breaking? That's Maybe. the one. Shabadoo. Lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it was kind of like popular and then people were doing it and then it died out because like disco died out and everything. Um, and then there was like a resurgence not too long ago, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. So like that was a history, but if you had to describe like what, what it's like or what it looks like or that kind of thing. Um, well, I mean, like, the feel it of it came, yeah, well, it came from, like, sorry, what? <laughs> the, like, you did kind of mention Hollywood starlets and this kind of thing, but. Yeah. So it's kind of that, like, it's, like, if you watch old-time Hollywood movies, like, it, it came from silent movies first, so then there was a lot of gestures. Uh, right. Right, so they would have to describe their feelings through movement. Um, and so. that's like a big part of it. Um, again, this is like history coming from one of the OGs that I respect. Um, it could be totally different from a different OG or like 
from where you're coming from. Right. Um, but yeah, so they use a lot of like gestures and like um, arms and stuff. And it's very like three-dimensional versus like if you would take voguing or something, it's a little more 2D and like picturesque. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what would you say? Because I think a lot of people get whacking and voguing mixed up. Mm -hmm. what would you say is the main difference between the two other than that 2d 3d yeah difference? well i mean like it came from different things mm -hmm. like whacking came from the movies and then voguing again i'm not a voguer at all i could be getting this very wrong but um it came from like pictures so that's where it gets like it's different things and like they're both from like the gay community but they came from like different things like I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, don't hate me, Ralph, <laughs> if it's wrong. Um, like the Vogue community started in New York, I think, and then Whacking I, started in LA. I did hear something like that too. Yeah. yeah. I'm an enthusiast, I'm not a Voguer. <laughs> yeah. You like watching Vogue balls, right? Oh, we froze. Oh my God, yeah. Oh, oh hello. You're back, you're back. Yes. Wait, did you say like going to Vogue balls? You like balls, that's what you like. <laughs> <laughs> that too. You like, but... you like Vogue balls. Sorry, that yeah, was... <laughs> when, I was, when I was traveling to New York a lot, like that would be kind of my place to find, I don't know, just like something different because we didn't have that Vogue community in Vancouver. So it was so different like I've been to LA like multiple times but then like going to New York for the first time and seeing Vogue for the first time I'm like holy like that is different that is new yeah. that is like a different kind of freedom for sure yeah. <laughs> I try and put like some some video in here to give people an idea but yeah it's something else yeah yeah and it's like a different feeling too different feeling different music mm -hmm. um yeah, so like you just kind of have to like look at them side by side and like you will know the difference. Yeah, I think when you when you really see that, I think what a lot of people see these days in like more mainstream stuff is more mm -hmm. like voguing, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. definitely um, the peak of people's interest right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you don't do voguing, but you do like kind of, what is your approach to like, because you're part of Oro, right? Mm -hmm. And we mix a lot of kind of stuff. I was talking with Michael the other day. Mm -hmm. I kind of compared it to like the approach of like mixed martial arts, <laughs> where it's like, we're not, we're not trying to do any of these styles in particular. It's mm -hmm. kind of like, well, what happens when you mix all these things and what do you get? well you're trying to look at the most interesting movements from every anything mm -hmm. yeah. well it's it's different because like i mean a lot of people can say like oh that's appropriation or you're just like stealing from the culture but like it's different when you learn yeah. each style you know and like i've studied my whacking for like 10 years mm -hmm. and i've actually studied my vogue for like two years um, every time I went to New York, I would seek out the like original, yeah. well, not original because they're not with us anymore, but um, just the more prominent people in the scene. Um, and like with that knowledge, 
then I start to like um, just apply a lot of the movements that I learned. Um, and it's like not really conscious. Like I don't mean to do it. They just like, you know, when you practice something so much, they just come out. Um, and then like, if you're in an open style battle, like sure, it's fine to like mix your voguing and whacking. Cause like it's open styles, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But if you put your whacking in your vogue or vice versa, it's like done. You're out, you're chopped. Like, no. Right. <laughs> so this is one thing that I want to ask too, because I, I, I remember hearing something about it or like there was one judge that came one time and they were very like strict about like what is whacking and what kind of music to use and this kind of thing and right right and so I guess that's kind of also what I'm wondering about because like for me I come from a breaking background and breaking mm -hmm. is like you know there's people and they're like this is what breaking is and stuff but at the same like the way I put it is it's there there's a way to do breaking and there isn't a way to do breaking at the same time. Like it's completely open with a foundation. Yeah. Like, yeah. so that's what leads to all these like crazy weird things that people come up with and all these different mm -hmm. styles within breaking. Yeah. Sometimes people lose kind of like the essence of it or whatever. Right. But is, uh, how would you say like whacking is, in regards to that kind of thing like is it really structured and it has to be this way or is there a lot of freedom mm -hmm. how much freedom well, like it depends who you're talking to like i remember that judge being like oh you need to just do disco and to a degree i <clears throat> don't agree and i agree <laughs> yeah. like i understand like you need to know your foundation in history um, so an easy, like a telltale sign of like a whacker who doesn't know their shit is if they can't dance to disco, plain and simple. Right. Yeah, that's so, a good way to... oh. yeah, like you must do that for the prelim rounds and just like weed them all out. Pretty smart. That okay. is a really interesting way to put it actually. Yeah. And like, I, I never thought about that until like a couple weeks ago because I was always like against the decision of like, well, you can't just only play disco. You have to play a mix, right? You got to challenge and you got to evolve or else you're going to um, lose the opportunity to like uh, entice more new people to join. Like if you just stick to your old ways, but then I recently judged um, the street dance festival online and people got to pick whatever song they wanted on their prelim rounds. And I was like, great, perfect. I love when people get to express themselves through music and through movement. Um, but then they were given a disco song the second round, and I was like, huh. Well, these people really can't do it, right? Well, not true. They're like, like, they're not, all like... Like, <laughs> like, you can see certain things, right? Yeah, like, they're all obviously already, like, on yeah. a level where like they would pass prelims but like once you know the disco song like in and out and then you see someone else doing it and then like they don't know it in and out you're like oh like they missed a lot of things that they could have hit mm -hmm. or like like that's not the emotion of the song or like whatever have you um yeah so i just realized like that she was probably right in wanting disco for her prelims 
Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It would have been like, if that was explained. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. I totally agree. Like a thousand percent. But that's, um, that's an interesting point, though. Yeah, and like, but I'm like so into just taking it and then breaking it. Like, yeah. I love doing that. But then some judges, if you're competing, like they're not into it at all. So you'll get past a certain level for individuality and then it'll go back to preference. They're like, well, this is not original lacking. So yeah. let's just yeah. get this yeah. person. That actually reminds me of, uh, I recently did this online footwork battle because mm -hmm. I was so bored and <laughs> it was there. And the way that they did it was kind of similar. Like, <clears throat> they had a very specific criteria for prelims where it was only traditional like New York steps. You couldn't mm -hmm. do any threads or any like kind of this like pretzel. It's like a style of it's kind of like flowing leg work and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was only like New York style. And then they, they had kind of this like certain period, I guess, of like the eighties, mostly the eighties of this like continuous kind of like, it was just about going fast and stuff like that. And it wasn't really mm -hmm. about being musical necessarily, just going fast and like kind of one direction or mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And just showing your, your ability to use all those things and who can make those things look really good and stand out. Mm -hmm. Everyone's given the same tools so we can make it look the best. And when I did it, I was like, I can do all that stuff, but my, my brain was like, I just, like, it was too boring for me. Yeah, I know. You know like, and that's not to say, like, it's bad. Mm -hmm. I just, like, it's not the way I operate, right? Yeah. Even though I and love I, basics. Yeah. But it was just like, yeah. And so I, like, clearly didn't make it through. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is you tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I, I think that's an interesting way to approach prelims at least for some jams. Yeah. And like the DJ for this, um, uh, it was DJ Misto from Toronto. So she's also a whacker too and a hustle dancer. Mm -hmm. um, so she was very clever in her picks. She um, had like um, uh, the disco round first, whatever, her first pick. And then the second one, it was a newer song. And then the third one, it was like kind of like a mix, like a remix. Um, yeah, so it was really interesting to see like a DJ catering to the new generation and still honoring the old generation and like <clears throat> watching like new generation dancers dance to disco, mm. myself included. I'm like, mm, there's like missing something. There definitely is. Like when you look at like an older generation whacker dancing to disco, you're like, oh, it's like not just the movements. It's like who they actually from everybody almost yeah sorry you used to get these like That's little all. moments of uh, you go into like slow motion and stuff. yeah but i think <laughs> but yeah like um i think that's a really good point about like if anyone ever wants to learn any of these dances like a good way to start there's something that i was thinking about you have foundation of movements mm -hmm. you know this you know six step and cc's and hooks and whatever but there's also that aspect of like 
okay, these, these, all of this stuff came from something. It came from a period. It came from a certain sound. So you should know that sound too. That's part of learning the foundation. Like that's a wise thing to say. I like and not that. just like learn your history, but like if you understand the history. So like for example, with breaking, if you know the history of it, mm-hmm. like it started in parties and it and it was like certain times the DJ would put on the breaks or whatever, and they or the certain parts of the song, it was like crazy. I think they call it the break, right? Where the mm-hmm. drum, like everything would drop out and it's just the drums. And then dancers would just like, it was just so crazy and they just go not go nuts, mm-hmm. right? And like, there was like a street terminology that uh, from well, as far as I know, like it was just a term, like someone is breaking. It means like going crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the, the, you know the term, like someone broke, they snapped. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of where it comes from as far as I know. Like if you understand that, then you understand like the kind of spontaneous reaction aspect of breaking the kind of like high energy of just go and be free, but not like, ooh, I'm so free, kind of like, like the the drums were crazy in that, in those songs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you do that, and then like, if you look at the, the time period where it was like the Bronx in the 60s and 70s, like, people describe it as like look it looked like a war zone mm-hmm. but then you had these parties where people can like get away from that and they can kind of like you know even though they're in this poor neighborhood they can still feel like like a king or a queen and you know they, they walk into the party and there's somebody and you know they know the dj or the dj is like the person who's like running the whole thing mm-hmm. there's someone again like you're not this nameless person in you know whatever yeah and like i don't know you're right like that sound thing like you got to know your sound you got to know your roots mm-hmm. and that is the sound like <clears throat> when i started whacking it was only to disco it was disco on my ipod it was disco on like yeah, the I mean, radio at home <laughs> like all day that's what i listened to but like literally like i just wanted to know every single song there was to know and then I realized that everyone else was doing the same thing. And I'm like, oh shit, like, that's so boring. (laughs) Like everyone is trying to gain all this like knowledge and history that like we missed out on and like go back to the seventies and like as fast as we can, just like try to get that knowledge. I'm like, okay, like slow down. It's not about getting it in a short amount of time. It's about like living it. And then I was just like sick of it. I was like, okay, I don't want to have anything to do with disco anymore. Like, they only play the same songs and battles and I'm just like sick of it. If I hear Boogie Wonderland one more time, I'm going to shoot somebody like, let's please take it out. (laughs) 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 Edit, edit, edit. Sorry. Um, But it was like, it was just so much. And like when I'm out and about and everyone's like singing the lyrics and I'm like, okay, great. We all know it, but we all know it because we want to know it to be the best, you know, like it's not authentic. I see what you mean. Yeah. And I just like, I just like cut it. I was like, no, we're not doing that anymore. I'm not teaching to it. I'm not playing it. And then I had like a whole bunch of students that like don't know disco because I never played it in class. And I'm like, fuck, like mistake number one for sure. So like now we have to do a whole 
turnover and like teach them the history like in reverse yeah i was thinking about that too like by thinking about it i mean i literally just thought of it (laughs) (laughs) um like you were saying some people they they're like listening to these songs did we lose you again you're back okay some people are listening to these things and like it's like are they listening to it to just like understand it or are they listening to it because they want to like understand it as fast as possible so that they can do whatever right and that's kind of like yeah like if you do if you do um let's say a prelim and you're like you got to learn you got to know disco then you it's kind of like this weird trade-off potential trade-off that like some people are they doing it because they want to know it and because they like it and it it creates this reaction in them or are they doing Mm -hmm. it just so that they can like do well in a competition well that's a a huge thing um like i saw it sorry i saw it happen not in whack but like in breaking they had a side thing at one of these jams where it was like the cypher king or queen Mm -hmm. and it was like you know you just you're dancing you you got to represent so they're like okay this is the time when we're going to be looking and all of a sudden like obviously everyone wants to show their stuff right and whatever Mm -hmm. that's fine and then at one point i think it was scheme richards he got on the mic and he was like you know if you want if you want to be a real like cypher king or queen like you can't just dance you gotta battle people and then all of a sudden every single circle had a battle and i was like I get what he means, but like it's so artificial, and it's people like just kind of following what they're being told or something. And like to me, that's like the least breaking thing that you can do. Yeah. <laughs> and now we are to battle. <laughs> yeah. What am I supposed to do next? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I get that, and there's it's a very like cookie cutter way of going about learning about a culture, and yeah. like initially when I was attracted to whacking it was like the costumes like that was a huge thing the costumes the music the era and like that's what really got me and then having myself and everyone else just going about like learning everything as quickly as they could I'm like it created fucking monsters like Mm -hmm. there are like you know crazy whackers like in parts of the world um, where they're doing super well at competitions in their hometown, but then when they go to the U.S. Mm-hmm. or like even Canada, they don't do well because mm-hmm. they don't have the essence mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, that's the and, hard part to get. Yeah, and like to lose that part or to never understand that part, like you are missing out on the entire culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's like really big thing with whacking and that's kind of why I took a step back from like competing and like doing a bunch of like disco stuff I was just like nope not not happening anymore like I can't compete with people who know the words like in and out and like (laughs) all the beats and all like the cowbells and I'm just like yeah no thank you (laughs) just grooving in my corner (laughs) (laughs) And like at the end of the day, that's what dance is, right? Yeah. Music cares about a competition. 
Yeah. And like, that's really, that's like why I trained, I changed to partner dance. I did hustle because it was also to disco music. Is that why? Yeah. I was just like, so over it. I'm like, I'm so tired of like doing this in front of people. Like. <laughs> Me too. Cause I, <laughs> I don't want to be like swatting flies in the club. Like I spilt so many people's drinks. Like that's not fun. <laughs> 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 yeah um the other thing that i wanted to ask you about okay as far as i know before i don't know like whenever konichi wax started mm-hmm. before that there was only like maybe a handful a small handful of whackers right yeah yeah and then not I'm I'm not saying that it's entirely your group that that created the scene, but like you guys played a big role in like fostering the growth of a backing mm. community in in Vancouver, right? Well, okay, so it, we started with JoJo, um, yeah. JoJo Zelina from Vancouver, and then he kind of just took all of the whackers that were interested in whacking. <laughs> Are we good? Are we here? Yeah, we're good. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so he kind of was just like, like heard at us all and was like, hey, let's just start a group because we're all doing the same dance. And we're like, sweet. Never done this before. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he left. He went to Toronto um, to pursue his career. Mm-hmm. And then we were left with a bunch of people who were never leaders before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then we kind of just didn't know what to do. I was like, hey, grabbed a friend. And I was like, you want to keep working on this whacking thing? She's like, yeah, sure. And then we did a show. We grabbed two more and then grabbed three more after that and another one after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of just like continued doing what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um and then after that, we were like, well, we kind of need like to learn how to teach because there's only a few of us. Yeah. Um, so then we just offered like these $5 classes, which we were not ready to teach, but there was absolutely no one in Vancouver to teach it. Like yeah. our one person left basically. Yeah. Um, you have no other options. Like, yeah. What do you do? Right. Yeah. So we like gathered as much information as we could and then... <laughs> we charged five dollars for these classes and we didn't feel entitled to keep it because we didn't feel like we were like teachers we were just like sharing information so we we saved all this money and then took everyone out for like booze was that the first class um well i mean we had to save for a couple months so yeah later on you guys put it to better use right yeah yeah yeah. so after that (laughs) we um yeah we we kind of gave it to the teachers who were teaching and then we kept some in the pot um and then we gave a lot of it to street dance festival um and then yeah we just kind of just community classes to, to bring people in or something like that yeah oh my god that was a lot of work yeah we did that too we um would raise money to bring people in to teach us what we're actually supposed to be doing. Um, and then 
somehow manage to fly them back home. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, and then we would do a lot of like our own training. Like I would go to New York and LA to get as much information as I could. And then I just like share the information when I got back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even then I was like, I'm not allowed to do this. Like, is this, is this weird that I'm telling them like what I learned, but then it just like grew this whole community. Um, and they like know where that information came from. So that's like, yeah, that's good for me. Yeah. I think there's like, you know, there's something to be said about understanding the roots of things and knowing the history and respecting the culture at the same time, like sometimes things grow from people just doing things. Yeah. Like like I brought this up in the other, like the last person I talked with, like let's say if breaking or hip hop had never spread to Europe or spread to Asia, like maybe it wouldn't exist anymore. That's like true. You don't, you don't know, right? We don't, yeah. we, you can never know, but like, that's quite possible that, cause like, as far as I know with the breaking history in the eighties, like it blew up in the media and that's when it got over to the rest of the world and they saw it and they were like, what the hell is this? This is a, such a crazy thing. And they just mm-hmm. like ran with it, like the same way that people in New York and the U S the young kids ran with it when they first saw it right Mm, yeah and then but like then the media was like oh we don't care about it we're on like bmxing and skateboarding and this kind of stuff like that's more interesting it makes more money anyway Mm -hmm. um and then you know they didn't care about and like a lot of people stopped even like famous well-known like ogs whatever and then it wasn't not to say it was only them but like there were there was certain people from from uh europe that came to like they were still doing stuff but it was kind of smaller i guess in the u.s and like certain people started to come in the 90s i think to the u.s or like i'm sure they were coming anytime like lots of times but there was like certain influential people that came like storm and people from his crew they came to New York for like a rock steady anniversary thing and like mm-hmm. you know you start to see like oh man like they just ran with it while we were still kind of doing whatever and like they took it to this new level and then you had people from Japan coming and representing too and you see like how they took that thing that was created in New York by these people and then these totally different people who have a totally different context like took it in this new direction but you know they're still trying to like respect the origins of it and that kind of thing mm-hmm. like it's the kind of thing that if you don't let people if you guard it too much then it kind of like has the potential to like like he's, i think you said it before like sort of stagnate or like doesn't grow anywhere it doesn't evolve mm-hmm. And like things are always changing, people's environments are changing, people's circumstances, yeah. different generations face different things. They connect with different things. Like, you know, you gotta let, in some ways, you gotta let people just kind of do what they wanna do in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing with whacking too. Like the people overseas 
um, like the Korean walkers are much different than the Japanese walkers and like uh, the <coughs> dancers from Taiwan too, like everyone has their own kind of style and that comes from their region's history. Mm -hmm. Like it, obviously the original history came from, you know, the people in LA and then the soul train and everything. But then it just like through translation, it just changed into like whatever they have now, which is like super interesting to see. Cause like, you know, you, if you have a dancer behind like, you know, a silhouette screen and then they just go off dancing and doing their thing, you can tell like, Oh, mm -hmm. this is like Korean style. This is Japanese style. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, even if you would go back, like, I think a lot of times we look at these dances and we kind of just imagine that they popped out of nowhere or like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, it comes from this culture, but that culture comes from somewhere else. Yeah. And that culture yeah. comes from somewhere else. And that culture mm -hmm. comes from somewhere else. And like everything, you can keep tracing it back and it'll come from somewhere else. And it, mm -hmm. for whatever, it could be a variety of reasons, like maybe they weren't allowed to do what they were doing back in this country. So they had to develop some new thing. Like, mm -hmm. like that's how like capoeira came out of that kind of thing. Like yeah. They couldn't fight. So they've hid the fighting in this dance kind of thing, whatever, mm -hmm. martial arts, sort of whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. I took a capoeira class and I was pointing my toes the whole time. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> but anyway, my point is like, you know, if you guard things too much and you don't let other people enjoy the culture to an extent, like kind of freely or mm -hmm. let people be ignorant and, mm -hmm. and do things like, then it doesn't, you know, nothing grows. Yeah. And maybe it's like that person takes it and they do something and it's not, they, they don't know the origin or whatever. And then, mm -hmm. but like, maybe that becomes something completely different. Yeah. No. like it was inspired by a certain yeah. thing yeah like breaking took stuff from like uh first nations dances and salsa and mm -hmm. all kinds of things and it if you look at them now you're like kind of don't they don't really look they sort of do i guess if you look at the history and but they yeah. kind of don't at all either mm -hmm. and like the dance as a whole is completely different yeah yeah like there's one history um from an og he says that a whacking is gay locking like he says whacking comes from locking and i'm like okay i can see how people can see that like the thing is i've never like taken his class before i've never like spoken to him so like um like i don't know what the whole story is right. but that could definitely be his history that yeah. could be how he learned it yeah, yeah um yeah and i'm like excited to talk to him about that and like as you know someone who's not from that generation it's like important to be like okay there's a couple different versions of history and here they are and you pick whichever one resonates with you but just know yeah yeah so that's not the only one that's one of like the early bits of advice that I got is like everyone, you know, especially like before the internet and all these resources and things are recorded and, mm -hmm. and like it's set in stone and, and even like people researching these kinds of things a lot more in recent years, like back then, like 
you know, it was kind of there and through oral traditions, like people just exchanging stories or you knew this, mm. I know this guy or this girl from his place and this kind of thing. And they were doing this thing. And that's kind yeah. of how the history got tracked. Mm -hmm. but, you know, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, just different histories. And the best thing that you can do is learn it all mm -hmm. and just kind of look at like what makes sense as yeah you can do right yeah <clears throat> and then even this history like that's just i think that's like a, the nature of history mm -hmm. gets diluted or changed over time because yeah. it gets passed on maybe it's changing a little bit because like i said people, things are a little more permanent mm -hmm. Until we have a worldwide, um, I don't know, like a crash of the internet. <laughs> the internet goes down and everything gets, yeah. and then we start over from scratch. And whatever yeah. people remember is yeah. what they remember. Well, it's weird too. Like, I've had people ask me, like, oh, what's like the Vancouver whacking history? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, literally like 10 years ago? I don't know. Weren't you there? And like, it just like doesn't occur to me like some people didn't start until like now or like yesterday and then they're like what the hell is this like where did it come from and I'm like well it didn't come from us but this is how we started like and it's just like weird yeah. to be telling like our city's history when it's like not like a prominent figure in like the whacking world at all but like somehow someone's curious about it asking right yeah and then like it's not written anywhere like no one wrote a diary of like Vancouver history so I'm like trying to think about it I'm like where did it start like yeah. who did Jojo learn from like I just like yeah. it's just so diluted now yeah but I think like as a community grows more and more like you got to start thinking about that or people just want to know and they start asking yeah and that was like with breaking like when I started, there was, I didn't really know. There was like a few people, Ash, Paul, Jesse, some of these guys, like they were kind of, and like my brother's friends, Chris and Simon, like they were kind of the older. Yeah, generation. Simon, the Simpson Simon. Oh yeah, you know him. Yeah. 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 He was like one of the guys that was around in like the mid to late nineties, I guess. Mm -hmm. that era <clears throat> but there was like guys before them and guys before those guys mm -hmm. and like you know we don't even know about them mm -hmm. they existed yeah and like sometimes like history just kind of pops up randomly and then people yeah. digging so that's when people started to know about contents under pressure and like mm -hmm. maybe a lot of people knew but they never really they didn't really know yeah yeah. like Arthur was um we had this like meeting about like Robson Square like COVID protocols um and then Arthur was giving a little bit of like history lesson of Robson Square and like to me I was like oh yeah no I know Robson but then like it, I didn't really know like what happened way before yeah. I got there and then he was just like saying like oh yeah like the b-boys used to like sweep the floors and like they used to like broom like sweep the like whatever around and it's like I don't know kind of maintain it themselves because they needed to practice there 
Yeah. And I was like, oh. And from what I heard, it was like Jarek, not Jarek, maybe Jarek and this guy, Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, yeah, I can't remember if Jarek was there. The same crew anyway. Mm-hmm. But Nelson, I, I always heard his name come up. It was like, yeah, same. The first guys that kind of developed that relationship with Robson Square, I guess. Yeah, it's a strange relationship. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah. I guess, and this is maybe part of getting older, that you see some of the people that come there now and, like, maybe they just don't appreciate, like, what it is and what it took to make that kind of space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what it's like now, but... Oh, <laughs> Last time I thought it was kind of a madhouse. Yeah. And there's all kinds of people who are just like, oh yeah, this is like, they just kind of treat it like, oh, it's free free studio space. And I don't care about whatever. I'm just going to use it. But like the dance, like street dance community and like breaking B-boys and B-girls in particular, as far as I know, have been going there for, I guess like over 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And like as as the, been they've been going there. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's like the salsa people or like the partner dance people, they've been going there even before. Yeah, yeah. The B-boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, they're like they go once or twice a week. Yeah, they they mean they have like their individual yeah, uh, yeah. individual like practices, but then they have their days. Um yeah, so I don't know. There's definitely like an unspoken rule with people who like go there regularly, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of people finding out about it. Like, yeah, and then they just kind of bring in their big speakers and like blast us all out, and we're just like, holy crap! Like, yeah, and yeah. we just kind of let them be. We're like, well, the security guard is gonna like tell them to turn it down anyway, but yeah, it's and I mean like. In a way, you can't, especially when it's a public free yeah. space, like you can't mm-hmm. necessarily like tell these people what to do or whatever. Yeah. Like you don't, yeah. you don't own it. You don't own this. Mm-hmm. Right? Like unless it's like a skateboarder who's like actually not allowed to be on a rink. Like you can't really kick anyone out mm-hmm. or if they have like open alcohol, like then you can say something. Um, but yeah. like l- lately since like the pandemic, <clears throat> a lot of dancers haven't been going to Robson Square as much. Um, yeah, and because it's gross. <laughs> oh. Let's be honest. Oh, rolling um, around the floor and stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I went there the other day and I like sprayed it with like sanitizer and I'm still like, ooh, I'm a little skeptical. Um, but <laughs> no. Nah. don't care and they just like. Oh my God, <laughs> Phil didn't even have his shirt on. And I was like, oh god (laughs) um but like now that we're the dancers aren't there as often there is like a great influx of like people who are just kind of like there smoking drinking and then like there's like tags on like the roof now um yeah and like the floor is like you know our our floor is disgusting but that is like even worse like yeah so it's like not being taken care of right now um right yeah makes sense yeah so it was a little sad to see but yeah yeah it'll get back to normal yeah one day 
<laughs> oh dear. <laughs> but yeah, Rockton has like such a crazy history. Mm -hmm. Like that's where, yeah, the street dance community really like gathered. Yeah. Were you there when they had like the original dome structure? Like not yeah. the like new not, not the yeah. skating rink kind of thing. Yeah. I mean like there was always like the yeah. That, thing there but I mean like those stainless steel like like typical 2010 Olympics <laughs> look I was like yeah. oh god yeah, there before yeah <laughs> and there were the, there were the dark ages when it was closed for I think it was just one year when they were like doing yeah build rebuilding it yeah but yeah I remember coming there one day and there was like everything was like torn up and I was like, <laughs> what's going on what's going on <laughs> we had to deal with i think that's when people discovered uh the woodward's like plaza oh that was another spot where it was kind of like people were i don't know who found it first as far as like dance community obviously it existed there and people there's a basketball courts and yeah you play there but like there was a small group of dancers that would go there and they were really secretive they were like, don't tell anybody about this. Like, we're back. Yeah, they were super secretive and like, like it was kind of like invite only. Oh, yeah. And then word got out at some point and then, but it, it never blew up like Robson. Mm -hmm. Well, right. it is in a, it, I mean, Robson's like so special cause it's outdoors, but then it's like still pretty intimate. Like there's a little bit of privacy. Yeah. Versus Woodward's, there's like literally a plaza around where people can like sit and watch you. Yeah, and like, it's also a place where like there's a lot of people walking through there. Yeah. And it's a little bit out of the way. Drops mm -hmm. is like every bus and the train, like they all go right there. Mm -hmm. or like five minutes walking distance from there. Yeah. 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 And it's like right in the downtown like core area so mm -hmm. a lot of people yeah but you know regardless of whatever happens with it in the future i think yeah i just have so many fond memories of that place mm -hmm. actually i discovered something so the um the architect who built the like robson square the entire like building um complex robson <laughs> square complex is what they call it um, he also built the Tacoma Museum of Glass, and that's where like Woody holds like some of his practices or jams or whatever. Oh. Like you know that like weird like cone yeah. shape. Yeah, it is uh, the same architect. Crazy. I know. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. Um. Yeah, Robson. Robson. Well, I hope you miss it. I do actually. Actually, I really miss. I really miss Vancouver, and I miss the, the community. I miss yeah. like the events because they they were really fun. Like, I don't really miss all styles jams, mm -hmm. but I miss events where everyone would come. Yeah, there were certain ones like, you know, and when anniversary. We had our floor horse and thing while it was still running. Mm -hmm. um, there's a few jams, you know, like 
you know, obviously VSDF when it's just like everyone comes together. And I think like the van, it's come up a few times of like, what is, what is the Vancouver style or something like that? Like what makes mm -hmm. the Vancouver scene? And to me, that's like, that's really what makes it mm -hmm. is a lot of other scenes are really separated. Yeah. Maybe people know some people a bit, but not, not like here. And I've heard it from other multiple people who've come to visit or they stayed and they lived in Vancouver for a while and they're like, mm -hmm. go back. And they always say like, that's one thing that really was like a Vancouver thing. It's like, everyone is so connected. Mm -hmm. Everyone like tries out all these other, not everyone, but a lot of people like try out these different styles and yeah um and i think a lot of people are just like moves aside a lot of people are just good dancers yeah i think so too yeah so and that doesn't always like translate into the competition scene mm -hmm. stuff like that because yeah you know it's it's just different and it's like for different people too like i know a lot of people like come here and try it out and they're like yo your scene is whack i'm like you're whack yeah well, kidding. This is right it's like oh it's you know people are soft yeah but and i'm like oh, i'm sorry when is it like a problem to like enjoy dance when did it become a crime to be nice to people <laughs> when did it become a crime to like dance with people yeah just out of curiosity yeah and you can take your hard edge and shove it <laughs> yeah, my own opinions about breaking sometimes yeah yeah but like you know that even those kinds of mentalities like they serve their purpose and and they they create certain their own things right like mm -hmm. like i i love the like spirit of competition when it's in competition when we're just trying to get down like you yeah. can take that somewhere else or like if yeah. you have an issue like let's chat about it yeah. like, i don't know it's like really not my thing <laughs> oh <laughs> that's my, my so. yeah and maybe that's like a vancouver thing is like kind of non-confrontational whatever i don't know who knows mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, you know, you gotta have a mix, I guess. You gotta balance. Yeah, yeah. Like, too much conversation is like, I hate everyone. You're all assholes. <laughs> it, it's exhausting too. Like, I mean, when I was like traveling a lot, like I definitely had my guard up because like, I don't know who these people are. Like, I don't know where anything is. So I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to be here for the competition. And that is all. And by the end of my trips I was like exhausted because like you know I had this like guard up and I was just like competing all the time and I'm like that that's actually not that fun yeah yeah like did I learn a lot yes did I have a good time not really yeah. I think you know that's that's something that I don't know like I don't know if it'll ever swing in the other direction because competitions are just so, I don't know, there's something about them that's, it's easy to under, easier to understand and easier for people to get into. And there's like very clear goals of what you're yeah. trying to do and yeah. stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. 
rules of the game are a little clearer. Yeah. Where like if you want to build like a, a jam, like a jam, mm -hmm. like a real jam, mm -hmm. it's kind of harder to get people to kind of like commit to just like, well, it's just a party. Like, yeah, not, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Well, I think. <laughs> do I battle? <laughs> it's like, no, you just chill. Like, what do you mean, two step? Like, you know, the difference between like someone who they can dance really well like they can break really well mm -hmm. but then you put them in that other environment of like hey can you just like groove with someone or with a group mm -hmm. like can you just do that basic thing without any like trying to prove yourself or trying to like look cool or mm -hmm. beat someone or compete with someone like the show of kind of i don't know like a bit of ego or whatever like can you just yeah. have fun yeah like don't worry about consequences don't worry about trying to get some result like just dance can you mm -hmm. just do that and there's a lot of people who can't do that mm -hmm. and it's not like a bad thing either but like it is part yeah. of like it's like a very big part of the street dance culture too yeah yeah we were like starting to have some like really fun parties um because i know like vancouver wasn't very much like on the party scene um nightlife in general is like pretty pretty tame here yeah. um but yeah we were starting to like get just regular parties for fun and like the hustle community was like throwing some good ones um and then like other styles came too not because they wanted to do hustle because they just wanted to dance yeah yeah. yeah, like Boris threw one just because he wanted to. And like there was a whole side of like hustle dancers and then a whole side of like mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> and then like people would just like filter in from like side to side and just like, you know, yeah, that's cool. try it out. I always think that's that's like the best thing. Like if you can if you can build that kind of community. And that's why I think mm -hmm. Vancouver is such a special community. Mm -hmm. And like to get that kind of thing doesn't happen overnight. Like that's through years of, of development and like the people that are involved in the community learning a certain way, mm -hmm. like soldiers, for example, like that's a mm -hmm. whole group of people that just learn from like this perspective of like, it's a party first or yep. like just dance, like dance, mm -hmm. not, compete not try to show up people or do whatever like just dance and like, you can do these things together yeah as a group or you can like do it and you're not even necessarily in a group but it's like a crowd or something and everyone's just doing stuff and you're not mm -hmm. trying to necessarily impress anyone yeah. yeah tony grappe is like the party starter he's like my favorite party starter he, it's funny because when i was telling that story before of like being at floor horseman and seeing the crowd and stuff he's one of the guys that i that like in my mental image he's like right there in the middle of the crowd and he's like <laughs> yeah <Right? laughs> yeah he's like yeah that guy's that guy's uh good times parties. yeah 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 he should get paid to go to parties seriously if i ever move back and then I start throwing events again, I'll pay him. Yes. 
we should actually like when the clubs open again we should suggest like they should hire certain people to go to clubs to like start the dance floor because that would be a good night yeah i don't want to be one of them though i don't i don't want to be in a club (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) but yeah like that's uh that's one thing that i've been thinking about a lot lately too is like you know why why you know maybe more specifically in a breaking context but it kind of applies to a lot of these different dances like i think it's a north american more of a north american and like asian thing where dance is not necessarily like part of the culture mm-hmm. in parts of parts of europe yeah like, where it's not like ingrained into the culture mm-hmm. so people they don't do it so when they think of dancing and when they think of a dancer they they think of a dancer they mm-hmm. don't think like you know everyone can dance like even yeah. just something like you know because like that it doesn't even matter what you're doing the foundation is just like that music is playing and it makes me want to do these things and i just mm-hmm. and that's all it is and yeah and i yeah. like love that about like latin cultures too like yeah it's just like part of who they are like it's a part of their family gatherings like you dance with your mom you dance with your dad aunties like everyone and it's like that's what the culture is about latin cultures and like you know you'll see it a lot all over like african cultures totally yeah all have their own dances and it's just like part of this and it's like no surprise that say breaking was started by (laughs) by black people and and Mm -hmm. latino latina yeah and it's like i think about like oh what is the canadian like dance and i'm like literally square dancing like well the canadian dance is like you know first nation stuff well yes yeah but you know canada's got its dark history yeah but like the thing that we're taught in school is square dancing yeah we get the european kind of like whatever they they're traditional dances yeah and then it just like erases like everything that came before i'm like literally that's what is like still taught to this day yeah we're dancing that's kind of what i was thinking about i was like if you want to change if you want to change like jams and if you want to get more people into coming to events and watching things and being involved in the community like you got to start from that base level of like getting people giving people a basic foundation of what is this thing and what is dance and not even Mm -hmm. like what is breaking what is whacking that's like later like what is dance and 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 reminding people that it's like something in everybody to do everyone wants to do it but they've they've created they've built up these walls of like well i can't do that because you know the way that they've the, their experiences growing up and whatever like if they weren't exposed to it and so they mm-hmm. they don't know how their body moves and stuff yeah. like that. and in school like you said like the only dance thing that you get is square dance and it's like a forced upon thing yeah yeah and you know i know a lot of like schools are trying to change that now and just give them something different um <clears throat> but yeah it's 
like I teach a lot of like non-dancers too. Um, and when I was teaching ballroom, it was predominantly like older, um, yeah. older people who've like never danced in their life. And then, you know, they're set in their ways. And then mm -hmm. I have to like break it down. Like this is your left foot. This is your right foot. All right. And you touch someone's hand here. And it was very much like babying an adult who's been living for like 70 years like oh this is a lot to do and like they just oh sorry um these like <laughs> older people just like don't think that they can do it and they get so discouraged yeah yeah but i think like you know the fact that they're doing that is a good um is a good thing because like they're trying actively trying to break those like walls that they've built up and like when they do though it's like a weight has been lifted off of them like they just like yeah. change completely and like that's all like i really do miss like teaching um students like that and like teaching them like connection and like human connection mm -hmm. um because they just become so much brighter like i had this student who was like scared me shitless like he was a scary dude and like he was just he just seemed so angry all the time and then he got like frustrated with the steps and i'm like i think i'm the wrong teacher for him and then like i tried to like pawn him off on a different teacher and he's like no i don't want to change and i'm like fuck okay let's work it out and then finally like when i had my last lesson with him he was like oh i was going through so much like i had so much fun i'm like did you wow <laughs> yeah, no yeah and then he was just so like excited yeah. Uh, and like some people react to things differently. 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 <laughs> and they show, they show their, their appreciation or, or they just show their whatever kind of like enjoyment in different ways. Yeah. 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 It's just really cool to see like how dance can like actually change someone's mood. Yeah. Like yeah, in sure. like 40 minutes even. Yeah. But I think like that's that's um it's not just dance like do you if you have good educators in anything mm -hmm. like there's a difference between knowing a lot about something and being a good educator yeah or being a good teacher or a good mm -hmm. mentor or whatever like those, those are two or like you got to know about the thing that you're teaching but you know, if you know a lot, that doesn't mean that you know how to break it down, how to communicate it to people yeah. where, and you might even know how to break stuff down, but you might not know how to like break it down for this person's level mm -hmm. that where they can understand it and they can feel like they're getting it. Yeah. You know, like, I think that's like one of the most underrated things in, uh, in our kind of like current society. Mm -hmm. like good i think good educators are really hard to come by mm -hmm. and like good learners too and then and a yeah, lot of people are resistant yeah knowing the right mentality for learning mm -hmm. and i think especially in the in the west like yeah this mentality of if you don't get it right away like what's going on why aren't you why don't you get it it's, you know, i must be stupid or they must be stupid or yeah you know and like 
everything is like quick results. We don't want, we don't accept any failure. We don't, uh, you know, all, all these things like, and mm -hmm. want people to learn, like they're going to have to do all those things. Yeah. They're going to have to and learn. They're going to have to struggle. They're going to have to like, you know, take time to kind of absorb it and think through it themselves instead of being mm -hmm. fed all the answers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like there was uh to like bring it back to a street dance perspective, like there was a chat about like appropriation of like street dance culture in Vancouver. Um, they had like a uh, a couple of panelists speaking about it, mm -hmm. and uh, something that they brought up, which is uh, like a really strange thing that Vancouver has, is like their street dance classes are an hour long, but they're more classical dances like jazz or ballet or tap they're an hour and a half hmm. and the reason being is because they teach technique for the bit before and then they teach the routine after i didn't know that yeah so when you cram in you know everything in an hour class it's impossible you're not going to be able to teach technique and yeah. if you do teach too much technique, people are getting bored because they just want that quick Instagram video result. And they're like, well, all I did was like the two step for like 20 minutes. It's because you can't do it yet, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Secondly, like that is the foundation. <laughs> but like, you know, that also on in some ways on the teacher not not the time limit thing but like doing mm -hmm. a two step for a half an hour or whatever it is like mm -hmm. that's on the teacher as well to like how can you make drilling and how can you make doing this basic thing fun and engaging where mm -hmm. people feel like they're constantly kind of progressing and yeah stuff. and like and make it not so hard like so it feels obtainable yeah like you get that goldilocks zone where mm -hmm. it's challenging it's outside of what they can do but it's not so far outside that they feel like they can't even do it yeah there's like you're almost it's that carrot on a stick kind of thing that you're almost there you almost have it yeah and that'll just keep you moving forward yeah and like even when you think you get it like that's the beauty of like our culture like <laughs> you don't actually have it completely ever yeah like you like there's still like if you go deeper and deeper into like a single move even like you mm. can find new ways of executing it or like new ways of feeling it well like that's that's one thing that's a good point because like a lot of stuff that i've been thinking about and just reading about it kind of put this stuff in a broader context that like that's that's really just the enjoyment of trying to master anything right mm -hmm. you you got to go there's kind of like there's a similar pattern when you're trying to learn like anything and you got to learn these things uh you know your foundation then you build off of those things and then you know you keep trying to learn new things new things new things and then maybe you hit like a plateau mm -hmm. forced to kind of look back at what you already have or yeah and then you start looking at it in a new light because you you maybe you haven't done that drill for so long Mm -hmm. you haven't looked at it for so long and then you yeah. look back at it not as a beginner anymore but as someone who's been doing it for whatever 10 years or something like mm -hmm. that and you just you perceive it differently or you just see new things and new possibilities and like yeah and it's not even just dance like it's like any anything that anyone would learn like 
that's that's the fun part about learning anything is like there's always new things to learn even when you start looking back at what you've already learned yeah because like you're not the same person that you were when you were learning that you're not in the same kind of like mental state mm-hmm. new things yeah yeah like i took a workshop um i think i maybe started like whacking maybe like one or two years in so like my technique was pretty strong for like back in the day and i was like oh like I get it. I can win these competitions. No problem. And then I took this workshop and literally they had us like like touching our faces and I'm just like, that's it. Like, you know, just like so smug. And I'm like, I paid how much for this workshop when like, I can just be doing this at home in the mirror by myself. And like what I didn't get at the time was like, this woman was teaching us like, like the feeling, like the, like what how she's how you're touching your face yeah and why are you touching your face (laughs) those are the most important questions yeah and i was just like so not into it (laughs) progression though is when you're younger like you don't even know about that side of things you're just trying you're just trying to learn like what it is Mm -hmm. you're just learning the what yeah yeah and like you know through your own experiences like eventually i mean the what never goes away and you're always learning mm-hmm. new elements but then that why and the how starts to creep in and totally you, just, you get this broader broader i can't even speak today broader <laughs> perspective and yeah and like to me like when i was learning i'm like if it didn't hurt if like my body wasn't in pain like if i could walk the next day like i did not work hard enough and i'm like okay like good for you but like it's like empty in here like for so long yeah yeah and like that's the kind of thing too that the hard part about being a teacher like a good teacher will speed up that process i think Mm -hmm. but the, the hard hardest thing is like you can't no matter what you tell someone like they've got to realize it on their own Mm-hmm. like there's so many things that I heard when I was learning like you know even something simple like know your foundation you know because if you don't have foundation like that's your that's your basis that's what everything's built off of. that's the foundation mm-hmm. right but I never really kind of like thought about it on a deeper level mm-hmm. and then later on and, it, and later by later on I mean like last year <laughs> it really clicked in my head no but like obviously you you do these things because yeah you build on but like um yeah like it it just really like clicked and became super clear in my head last year of like you do these things and you train these things so that you don't you don't even have to think about them right yeah that was sorry that was like about training yeah why do you train this kind of stuff but like as far as foundation like because like i was started already sort of going into this but it was the kind of thing of like that's when you realize that you know when you're when your mind like when you blank out like what is what is there mm-hmm. you can't remember your set or whatever there's that foundation 
yeah that you you can use and if you go really deep into it like you don't even need any sets or moves or anything like mm -hmm. you can build a whole like if i really wanted to i could do a whole round of just like the six step cc's hooks and shuffles mm -hmm. it's four moves but i could create if i spent enough time just like internalizing all this stuff like i could create a billion different variations and it would look different i could do a million billion different other like throwdowns like whole rounds just using mm -hmm. yeah so it, it's like, yeah it's like i don't know there's like something really special about like just something clicking here and like yeah, it yeah. i don't know what it is it's just like a moment that it just like oh i, I get it yeah like you just learn you learn all kinds of different things and you experience different things and then that changes the way you're thinking and then you start to see things in a new way or mm -hmm. or you look back at these other things and and suddenly there's a, a new thing for this to to actually connect with and it makes mm -hmm. sense yeah and you have those moments where you're like oh hey that makes sense mm -hmm. it's never like, that. like it's that other thing is just kind of like there yeah it's this thing in your memory waiting for something to like click with it yeah and then like once it does turn on it just like sheds light on like all the mistakes that you've made in the past and you're like cool i've made them and i'm never gonna do that again <laughs> or or it makes you look at those mistakes in, in a different light or something like that let's just pretend they didn't happen <laughs> i love these days i love mistakes because like I feel like a real mistake is when you do something wrong and then you like you don't move on from it and then it's like mm -hmm. oh shoot that they messed up mm -hmm. and obviously like sometimes you can tell like oh they slipped or their hand mm -hmm. like, slipped or you know whatever mm -hmm. but people who really i think have a deep like understanding of just dancing and like being in the moment and and spontaneous creation which comes from training your mind and your body to this crazy mm -hmm. like you're not you're in like those kind of flow states or you're in kind of this like thinking but not thinking state which is probably yeah. the hardest thing to do in dance but like yeah. people you know people can do that like when they make a mistake they just go with it and like mm -hmm. you like someone will slip and then they just turn it into they like land on the ground and they do something and it looks still mm -hmm. good somehow and like that's that's like crash to create kind of thing mm -hmm. that was a saying that was going around and like yeah i heard of it but i thought it was just like yeah you know you're you're moving you're practicing and then you make a mistake but it felt kind of cool so then you keep practicing it mm. but there's another whole thing of like in the moment spontaneously you do this thing and you messed up and then you just keep going with it and it leads some new to some new path well here's doing it again um like sheena like my crewmate made um a really fun remark um especially in whacking and i guess it happens in breaking too people just go on like turbo speed where they just like noodle around and then like yeah, yeah. yeah. 
they just like forget that there's music there's people around and you only got two arms so like <laughs> use them wisely um and she's like there's like a moment especially in disco music for like newer whackers <laughs> where they like stop and like accidentally hit something and then you can see in their eyes that they've surprised themselves that they hit something yeah yeah and they're like so that's like you know you can tell that like something hasn't clicked in there they're like oh i, I hit that great like moving on to the next thing but like um more seasoned whackers who like have a little more like maturity under their um their belt they'll like pause at that moment and let people like take that in they're like yes yeah. i fucking hit that <laughs> well like that's the thing that's the thing that you would see with um yeah more seasoned dancers or anything like performative mm -hmm. like those people like let's say it's an actor like they can make moments where nothing is happening powerful mm -hmm. yeah like yeah. a musician can can take these it's not about just doing the most notes or whatever in mm -hmm. what are you can. playing <laughs> guitar ukulele? <laughs> ukulele but yeah like you know and especially when people like beginners or even intermediate like whatever's mm -hmm. dancers musicians actors any performance kind of thing like when they see that sometimes it's not even clear like why is this person so good i don't get it mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like when I first saw Ken Swift, I was like, he's not that good. He's just kind of like doing, rolling around and I don't get it. I don't get why everyone looks up to this guy. Mm -hmm. And then as I go, I like developed more and, and learned more about the dance and what makes the dance and, and you just see more of what people do and stuff. And then now when you watch, when I watch his footage, I'm like, yeah, he's the king. Mm -hmm. He's like, there's a reason why his nickname is the epitome. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is a name. <laughs> epitome. <laughs> yeah, the epitome. He's like everything that a b-boy or a b-girl, like that's like when you look at breaking, when you think of breaking, like he's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wanted people to know what is breaking. Like, yeah. Like, like, I remember when I first started street dance, I was like, okay, like, I really don't understand the breaking. Like, I just, the breaking. The breaking. I didn't get it. Okay. Cause A, you guys, like, you guys, breakers, B boys, B girls, like, I just didn't see the correlation between what everyone was doing and the music. I was like, but they're not dancing. Like, they're not going to the music here's, i don't understand the secret, though, is a lot of b-boys and b-girls don't actually dance <laughs> well i know that now but <laughs> and i i was just like i was so frustrated because like i knew it was such like a big part of street dance culture and i was like i just don't get it like maybe like i'm in the wrong world maybe i shouldn't be like participating in street dance culture mm -hmm. then like i sat myself down at a massive monkey's anniversary and i sat down and i watched every single person from prelim to finals oh i like watched God. everyone's i've uh, never even done that because <laughs> i just didn't understand why i didn't understand and then finally i was like um <laughs> i get it like 
And like, it's the kind of thing that there's different ways of dancing to something, right? Yeah. And like, that's what I also got from it too. I'm like, I didn't know that everyone had their own style. Like I thought B-boys, B-girls will all look like B-boys, B-girls. Like it, to me, like it was to look like a certain style, you had to be a certain way. And then when I saw all of these people doing like more flexible stuff or more like power stuff and then more like ground legwork, footwork, like obviously I didn't know those terms (laughs) what they were back then and I still don't really know. Kidding. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was just like really cool to see like how much put into something that's her name. And on day, oh. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, like, I think at the end of the day, you know, there's just, there's music playing and, you know, in, in some ways it's kind of just like, does it, the energy and the feel match? Yeah. What's going on. Yeah. And like, there's, to me, there's a difference between, well, we're getting into territory where you just kind of have to would have to see it and i'd have to show you and tell you about stuff but like there's there's certain people who can do power and power it's like sometimes it's harder to kind of see how it connects with the music sometimes yeah there's certain people you can tell like they they probably don't like listen to they listen to like a certain kind of music maybe it's like (laughs) more EDM kind of like I don't know whatever and you can see it in the way that they break in the way yeah. that power but there's other people who kind of grew up with like I don't know yeah like funk music or hip hop or whatever and like the way that they do power and the way that they get into it and the way that they use it is totally different and like mm-hmm. you can start to see the the connection a bit more of like yeah that energy of whatever yeah yeah Well, I think it's like that for like all the dancers too. Like there's dancers who religiously listen to disco and will not whack to anything else. Mm -hmm. And you can tell, I mean, like it depends if, you know, they're like listening to it for enjoyment or listening to it to compete. Um, But yeah, like I, I can see like the different essences with people. Mm -hmm. Um, and their music choices yeah yeah like you know coming back to like oral and and what we do with our kind of dancing like the way that i see it you know yeah we always try and learn as much as we can about the dances and what we're doing but at the end of the day like i think all of us just you know, we don't, or maybe it's just me, I don't know. But I kind of feel like everyone's sort of on that same plane. Like, I don't want to be anymore. I don't want to be like a good B-boy. Mm-hmm. At this point, like, I just want to be a good dancer. Yeah. Why It's like, I don't care what it is. I just like movement. And that's why, mm-hmm. like, I compare it to, in a lot of ways, like mixed martial arts kind of, well, not even what it is now, but like if you if anyone ever has read like Bruce Lee's book when he talks about his approach to martial arts and his he died like 
kind of while all these these are it's like all his notes compiled into a book mm-hmm. he died before like you know he could really develop these things even further but his whole thing was like you know i i just want to find the best way to move to to fight and it doesn't matter if it's like a wrestling technique or if it's a karate punch or if it's a muay thai kick or whatever it is like, mm-hmm. he was taking from everywhere because he was trying to find like what's the most in his opinion what is the most efficient what is the most efficient way to like do this if i want to punch someone I don't want to stick to like kind of like dogma and tradition. Like you just do it because that's how you do it. That's mm-hmm. what I've been told. It's like, yeah. no, well, this is a better way to do it. Why don't we learn that? Why don't we use mm-hmm. that and do this? Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. But then, you know, you get into the whole thing with like, especially when it's a, like cultural stuff. Yeah. You get into that whole area, maybe even mm-hmm. more so now these days because it's yeah. on everyone's mind and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I'm like rightfully so. And I think like, especially like since we are using so many different styles, like we just need to continue to um, know the history and like know where it came from and like also implement it and like class too which like we already teach our foundation oh. <laughs> um we teach like our foundation separately um so like everyone has their time to teach their respective style and then we start to play with like movement yeah. after um so i think like continuing that type of thing is um beneficial Mm. yeah yeah for sure i think Mm -hmm. knowing where things come from and trying to understand it as fully as possible before Mm -hmm. you really start to well it's i can't remember where i heard this but it you know it's the kind of thing of like okay if you want to think outside the box you have to know what the box is yes yeah it's that kind of thing like like my opinion is i'm very free with like i think people should try and do all kinds of things and mix all Mm -hmm. kinds of things Mm -hmm. but you gotta learn what it is first before you start trying to create something new yeah i agree and And, like and my thing too is like always try and pay respects to where stuff came from mm-hmm. i'm looking at where my style is from if people ask me who are your influences, i would name all these people yeah and it's not like i learned from one person it's like a ton of people that that and i didn't learn directly from them necessarily but like they inspired me or whatever mm-hmm. and i want to give credit to uh, as many sources as i can yeah and i think like especially in street dance culture like you need to give back more than you're taking like at all times for like for you to be a beneficial part of the community and for it to grow and to thrive like you can't just take and like there are lots of people who take whatever they want from the culture and like I think people see it and I think you know they have a different relationship with everyone in the community as well 
Well, I think, you know, dance, dance is a weird thing too, because it's, it's not just like performative in the sense of music where like you do it, but the, it's not focused on you. It's focused mm -hmm. on the sound, right? Or like, you know, but that music is like an expression of whatever you, like your is in your head, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to get out. And same thing with like visual arts, but like the, the painting is the focus. But with dance, mm -hmm. like the person becomes the focus. And I feel like that can sometimes like mess with people sometimes or like yeah. they're the thing that people are appreciating. But it's not an inanimate thing. Like it's something that has a mind and its own feelings and its own yeah. thoughts. And like it's a it's a weird thing to for people to handle i think yeah and i think you know once you start getting more respect or getting more attention like it can definitely alter your original motive it can alter your original way of thinking um and it's like a really scary thing and i think yeah it's it can be very beneficial and very very dangerous yeah but yeah anyway I I would I would argue that not just dance like everything you should try and give more than you take. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a journey on like especially when you when you're new to something like what can you give back? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, like it's it's hard to think about that because like if you teach too early like you'll piss off the like OGs, you'll piss off but like But also that this is like my thinking too. <laughs> Like if you tell people you can only teach after you know all this, uh, whatever, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, like in an ideal world, yes, mm -hmm. but not everybody has those opportunities. Yes. Right? Yeah. So like let people start to grow things mm -hmm. and, and, but, but at the same time as much as you can as much as everyone else can try to spread as best as it can be like true knowledge mm -hmm. is, that's why i put this because like it's different <laughs> for everyone right yeah yeah and finding out what the real history is is pretty difficult and it can really depend on you know, this person mm -hmm. became famous and that's so yeah. now that's the history oh. and even though this person mm -hmm. might been really instrumental in creating it but they don't they just never got any credit for whatever reason like yeah, yeah. so that's why it's kind of like all of the there's a lot of gray area with a lot of these things mm -hmm. like if you know respect the history respect this stuff but at the same time if if you make people do it too much like a certain way then then the thing never grows or you don't allow it to grow into something else and create this other new beautiful thing that's that's amazing and, and mm -hmm. all this whole other group of people that are enjoying it yeah and like you know like we started here like we weren't comfortable with like charging people for classes you yeah. know so we're like okay like transparency it's going to go in a communal pot and we're going to drink with it like <laughs> we're all going to go out and celebrate like voyage for like you know a departing whacker she's going back to her hometown so send all her money um but like yeah so i think 
if you're new to the community and like you're trying to figure out a way to give back, like just taking a friend or two and just like sharing that information that you received or like Mm -hmm. doing community classes or something like, but don't come out and charge like 20 bucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's maybe this is more like the, the underlying issue is that any level of this whole thing of, of sharing or taking or whatever, like, I think if you come back to the fact that the idea of like humble yourself mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah, just humble yourself and like try to take as much ego out of this as possible mm-hmm. and like always recognize that like, for the older people, like at one point you were at that person at that beginner stage and yes. you didn't know anything and mm-hmm. you were stumbling through everything. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's and like it's all recorded on YouTube too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, you know, it's that kind of it's gotta go both ways. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people looking up, they gotta respect those people. I kind of I think I talked about this in the last conversation, but it's like you know people are learning they got to look up they got to respect what people are the elders or the more experienced people are saying mm-hmm. but at the same time like they don't have to listen to it a hundred percent because yeah. like their circumstance is different from this person's circumstance mm-hmm. and and you know and things change and nothing nothing is ever going to stay 100% the same mm-hmm. uh, yeah or you just got to let things grow into other things right and just like see what happens too right like and that's, and just that's like the fun of life i think yeah yeah you don't know what's going to happen like you know you could you could go get a degree in um i don't know what is some useless thing you could go and get a degree in dance. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like Very a, lot of under, a lot of people undervalue that side of things, right? But like mm-hmm. maybe next year they discover something like, oh, actually, yeah, people who do things like dance, uh, it develops this way of thinking and it's actually super beneficial to this and this and this. And like, you never know, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't, it's always hard to tell people like, you got to do it this way. You got to, you know, I know what's best. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows anything, and nobody yeah. knows where this is going to be twenty years from now. Like, yeah. no one could have like predicted the internet like fifty years ago or something, mm-hmm. like that. or yeah. you know, where where technology would have been like with phones that are more powerful than the first computers that are, that fit yeah. in the pocket. Like, yeah, who could imagine that or being able to like fly in a plane across the world? Like, yeah. But it's like weird too, because we have like, you know, since everything's kind of changing and like translation and like everything's just like kind of spreading worldwide, like we have so much freedom with our dance. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes, like sometimes you're just like craving structure too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's like all that delicate balance. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like if you're too. Flail about, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <Back. laughs> yeah. Usually, like five, a few seconds. 
Cool. <laughs> That's all for say? freedom. <laughs> That's the last part. <laughs> um, I just said, like, if you're too free, you just kind of, like, flail about and then, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you just get too creative. That's that's the way I think. Yeah, it comes back to that whole understand what you're working with before you mm -hmm. try and do something with it. Yeah, yeah. And then at the same time, as you get older and your ways get a little more set, you gotta like routinely break that and open it up again. Oh my gosh, yeah. And that's yeah, a hard definitely. part too for older like older people. And that's mm -hmm. where that open mind like comes in. Mm -hmm. And so it's, yeah, it's that like routine, uh, that balance between like structured and unstructured and order and chaos. Yeah, yeah. But definitely that like breaking back out is like something that I like totally didn't know that I wasn't doing. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, I was so like anti-disco. I was like, no more like, we know that, you know, so then I just took everything back into like, I'm just going to play what I want to play. And then, you know, you realize that like no one dances to disco, like all your students are kind of like, <laughs> oh, but what is this song? You're like, fuck, that's like number one song you should know. So like trying to branch out and like trying to restructure my classes to incorporate more like history and like back yeah. into like the basics without boring people we try and give them like you just have more knowledge now right oh well, apparently yeah. Yeah, <laughs> i <perfect>. hope so <laughs> that's ideally what what dance anyone who's learning something goes through is like as they're learning this they just learn more and more things and they get a broader picture and and they start to see these connections and stuff. And, and, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we've rambled long enough. Hopefully someone is still listening to this. If you did manage to listen this far, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm sure Rena appreciates it. So much. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Rena, for taking the time out of your busy day these days. <laughs> um, and yeah, just sharing your thoughts on stuff and a little bit about your personal history and stuff. I think, I hope people get something out of it, or if anything, it just makes them think about stuff. And that's all, that's really all there is to it. Oh, thanks for having me. If you want, do you have any last like words that you want to share with people or whatever? Do you, boo boo? Perfect. That's like <laughs> the most thing you could have said at the end. <laughs> yeah, cool. Thanks a lot, Rena. Thanks for everyone listening. And peace. We'll catch you guys on the next next one of these thingies. All right, later. Thanks everyone for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2. That's R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. 
This also goes towards supporting my YouTube channel where I make tutorials and discussion videos. And you can find that at www.youtube.com slash RazzyF2RAZZYF2. Supporting on Patreon puts your name in the credits of the videos as a supporter, gives you access to a private Discord server where you can connect with fellow members, and gives you access to the full video versions of each podcast. I also offer private coaching there, so if that's something you're interested in, it's available. Once again, thank you for listening and look forward to the next one. Peace.